Sochim Daf Lamed Aleph. Today's email comes from Gedalia Sazik from San Francisco. He's 14 years old and he writes, I just wanted to wish you a belated happy birthday and thank you to the entire Oilam for sponsoring your Fu Shlema for my Zaydi. Rebelli, I just want to thank you very much for what you have done for me. I'm not the best at learning Gemara, but when I found your Shir, it gave me joy and more ease in learning, etc. Sincerely, Gedalia Saznik from San Francisco. You should have tremendous atlach. Gedalia is a great kid. He's on the Shir on Zoom every single day. So a very exciting sugya today about Mominus. Says the Mishnah, if a guy lends money to a Jew, and the Jew in return gives him collateral, chametz. Pesach. The chametz was in the guy's house, as the Gemara explains, the entire Pesach. Plus, the Jew never repaid the guy. And as the Gemara explains, the Jew stipulated and said, Ma'achshav, this chametz shall be yours from the day I give it to you as collateral if I don't pay you. Then it's considered 100% the non-Jews, and you're permitted to use it after Pesach. And the reverse is true. If the Jew is the lender, and the non-Jew gave the Jew chametz as collateral, and it was in the Jew's home the entire Pesach, the guy stipulated ma'achshav, the guy never paid, it's as if it's the Jews, and he cannot benefit from it. Rebbe Machlech is a Bayanov. According to Abayov, the lender possesses a karka, real estate, as collateral for a loan that he gave. When do we view this real estate in possession of the lender? According to Abaya, if it turns out that the, lend, the borrower never paid the lender, so the karka was the lender's from the moment he got it. And according to Rava, from the point that he didn't pay his loan, that's when it becomes the lender's. If the borrower went ahead and made the karka hegdash, he gave it to the base hamikdash, or he sold it, everybody agrees. Even Rava, who says that it's only from this day on, admits that the borrower has no right to go ahead and be makdish the field, to go ahead and sell the field. Zemachlaikis though, what about the malva? What about the lender? He went ahead and he gave the field to Hegdish. He sold the field. Even though perhaps he didn't have a right to. Later on, the borrower never repaid the loan. Do we view it as if when he gave it to the Beis Hamikdash, it was okay or not? According to Abaya, it's a good Hegdish, it's his retroactively. And according to Rava, it's from this day so the Gemara asks an amazing question. It's a nine-step case. And with the use of these cartoons, it's a lot easier to understand. Levi lends money to Reuven. So now Reuven owes Levi money. Reuven goes ahead and sells his house, his karka, to Shimon. And he gives Shimon an achrayas. He says, if somebody comes and takes the field, Levi that is, I will pay you back the cash. Shimon doesn't have any money. So now Shimon owes Ruvain for whatever the value of the house is. And then Ruvain, the seller, dies. Comes Levi and says to Shimon, I want the house. But Shimon really likes this house. He likes the location. So Shimon goes ahead and pays Levi for the house. Say Ruvain's Yarshim to Shimon, you owe a debt to my father, to our father. Pay up. So he says, well, wait a minute. I already paid Levi. So they tell him, no, you shouldn't have paid Levi. We, if Levi would have came to us, we don't have anything to pay. We don't have real estate. And the cash that we have, we don't have to pay. Bachayv, Yarshim don't have to pay. Therefore, we would just send them away. So you need to pay us. Why did you pay Levi? 
Says Rava, if Shimon was really smart, he could pay the Yarshim with a field. He could give back the house to the Yarshim for a moment. And now the Yarshim have real estate. And now what the father owes Shimon, Shimon could go and grab it back from those Yarshim. Because now they have real estate. And real estate, they do have to pay the father's debt. But that only works if we say Lemafreya, retroactive. It was the, the father's from day one. Whatever Shimon owned for day one. But if we say it's from today on, this whole trick doesn't work. Says the Gemara, it does work. Why? Because Shimon is saying over here, typically Rav really holds Mikhanulaba. In this case, it's different because Shimon says, why are you coming to me from the same power, from the same force that you, Yerushim, are coming to me and asking for the money? I'm coming to you. Your father owes me. There's a concept called Shibuddha the Rebbe If Mr. A lends money to Mr. B and Mr. B lends money to C, C has to pay A. A could go directly to C, that is. So two over here. I hope you got that. Only nine steps. Says the Gemara, what about our Mishnah that says that if a non-Jew lends money to the Yisrael and the Yisrael gives him a Pekadon, that's considered the non-Jews, we have to say that he gave it to him, stays in his house, like we explained in the Mishnah, stayed by the, by the non-Jew the entire time. And we also have to say that the Yisrael said, Mi'achshav. it starts from this point. Rav is going to have to say that, in other words, because Rav holds Mikan and our Mishnah is talking about Mi'achshav, so it's different. It goes retroactive when you say Mi'achshav, like in the Gemara brings Raya. If a guy gives a very large bread, called a porny bread. He gives it to the Jew as collateral. And then he tells the Jew, he got ticha. In other words, it's yours. So it's considered the Jews, and you can't benefit from it after Pesach. We must explain that it's talking about the concept of Me'achshav. He didn't just say, here, take the bread. He said Me'achshav. From day one, he said, take it. Now what if he doesn't say Me'achshav? So we have a b'raisa, the Tanakhama says, the Pesach says, if, you, if somebody borrows money, and the collateral is a pair of pajamas, some night clothing, and he doesn't have anything to sleep in, there's a mitzvah to give it back to him every night. And the Torah calls it tzedakah. Now the Torah should have called it chesed. Tzedakah means it comes from out of your pocket. So you see from here that the lender actually owns the collateral. Says the Gemara, according to the Tanakhama, that's only when the Jew is the borrower. But not a guy. doesn't apply to a guy. Says Ramey, it doesn't make any sense. If it applies to the Jew, certainly it should apply to a guy. However, when the guy is the lender, and the Jew is the borrower, everybody agrees that the guy doesn't take possession of the collateral. And this is that the Mishnah says by us, that when the guy lends the Jew, he does take collateral, the chametz, and says, if it's his, it's because he said, Me'achshav. Says the Gemara real quickly, that if you have, let's say, a restaurant, and in the restaurant there's a lot of schayra, there's product in the restaurant, but the restaurant's waiters are all non-Jewish, and you find, let's say, a sandwich under a table, we could assume it's the Jewish owner's. Reverse, the store is owned by a non-Jew, and everything in the store is the non-Jews, but the waiters are Jewish. If you find a sandwich, the non-Jews, says the Mishnah. If a wall falls down on chametz, and you can't find it, it's not in your hands, it's as if you already did beer chametz, and the Gemara says you should be mevatling your heart, perhaps you might find the chametz on Pesach. Rishim Gamliel says, if a dog can't find it, meaning it's three tfachim deep, so you don't have to, you don't have to check for it. Why? Because a dog smells food, doesn't smell cash, says the Gemara. So therefore, if you are watching money for somebody else, you have to put it in the ground, 
but you only have to put it one tefach on the ground. Not three tefachim. Have a wonderful day.